Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Amen. East Shore Campus is alive and active, and we are excited. God is doing so much through this campus already. You know, it may seem like such a small thing, but the small things become the big things, and that's how the kingdom of God works. It starts with the seed, you plant it, you tend to it, you get that harvest. So we're, we're really excited about Eshore. And you know what? We're uh, launching October 15th, like I said, and it's just around the corner. And we're, we're looking for uh, at least 10 more people to join our launch campus and commit to it for the next four to six months. Because let me tell you something. Do you know there's a difference between a, a rocket and a spaceship? The rocket's job is to thrust the spaceship into the atmosphere, into outer space, and get it into orbit. So right now, we only have th- wait, X amount of thrusters. We need more thrusters to get us launched. That October 15th, that's just the beginning. That's not the end. That's not the full-blown launch, because we're, we're looking to get into outer space. So if, if God's pressing on your heart to join our launch team to get this baby launched, we would love to have you join. <clears throat> so the, the campus wasn't just some idea that we had one day. It was an unfolding plan of God. He had planned this, he predestined this to happen. <clears throat> he planned this to happen, and it's not, like my point is, it's a God thing. It's not a, it's not a, a guy thing, it's not, it's not a human thing, it's a God thing. And humans are just cooperating with God. That desire, for God's desire for people to be reached, to be loved on, it never ceases or fades. It's not limited to one location or formula. God has a purpose for others. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If they are lost, that means they don't know their purpose. They don't know who they are. And Jesus so loved us that he came and paid the price for us. Wherever Jesus went, the community was in awe of him. They could not help but get this feeling in their gut that there was just something about him, that they had to be around him. They had to talk to him. They had, they had to interact with him in some way. There was something innate in the human that was a, attracted to Jesus. They had to be around him. Wherever Jesus went, he had that effect on others. There was never a place that Jesus set his foot that he didn't have influence in. He was never influenced by his surroundings. He was walking as the light that expelled darkness, not the other way around. And if that is what Christ did, is the expectation any different for us? In relationship to the Father, as our relationship with Jesus, should it be any different from us? At one point, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. Amen? Jesus unfolds this a little more when he taught, you are the light of the world, like a city that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So Jesus seems to have this expectation that wherever we go, we should advance the kingdom of God. Tell the person next to them that you were created to be an advancer of the kingdom. (laughs) 
Good. I, I heard most of that. <laughs> in, in Christ, we are kingdom advancers. And when you think of someone who advances the kingdom of God or someone who did great exploits for God, who do you think of? John the Baptist. That's one. Moses, David, maybe you think of someone in, the, in historically as far as uh, John Wesley or Martin Luther, <clears throat> Billy Graham. These were people that glorified God. They made him known, and wherever they went, God's light prevailed. They advanced the kingdom of God. So who are we to be in such company as these people of the faith? The common factor in all of these people was that they knew that they were nothing and could do nothing apart from Christ. Main factor, bottom line, they knew that. So then what is it? How were these people people able to do what they did? One word, and it's faithfulness. Faithfulness. These men and women were simply faithful. It wasn't their talent or their charm or their wealth that qualified them to advance the kingdom. So what does it mean to be faithful? To be faithful is just that, to be full of faith. Where does faith come from? God's word. It's when he speaks to us. One Bible dictionary puts it like this. Faithfulness of God's perfect loyalty and consistency is being true to his name, his character, and his word. And as a designation for Christians, it means full of faith, trustful, and not simply trustworthy. So let's put it like this. When God speaks something to you, it means there is a deposit of faith into you. His word gave you faith. So now you're full of faith to do exactly what he spoke for you to do. Does that make sense? He gave you faith for the assignment he set out for you to do. So if God says, love your enemies, and instead you loathe your enemies, that's not exactly being faithful. That's not what he said to do. If you have faith, but do not do what he said, that is being unfaithful. So God, in his wisdom, could ask us, why would I send you to do something that you have not been faithful in? How could you go out in faith and power without me? When we prove to be faithful in the little things, God will entrust you with the bigger things. When we are faithful, we have something to influence, because it's God that's sending us on the mission. He wants us to do something with it. He wants his influence in that place. But no faithfulness equals no power. So there's no point in having an assignment from God if we're not faithful, because he knows we wouldn't do it. I must want to be found faithful tonight, today. God longs to speak to us. And you may question whether he speaks to you or not. What happens if, if he, if he has, if you feel like he hasn't spoken to you? Think about this. What did he last speak to you? And did you steward it well? Were you faithful in what he said? The question becomes how. How do we remain faithful to God? Maybe you're a person that says within their hearts, I want to glorify God. I want to make him known. I want to spread his love in this world. How do I remain faithful to him? And Paul, the Apostle Paul, gave this advice to Timothy, his young protege. <clears throat> Timothy went to many places with Paul. In his missionary journeys, Timothy saw the persecutions. He saw Paul preach and be filled with the Spirit and witness people being healed and delivered and even in cases raised from the dead. 
Timothy was so faithful that Paul had him appointed as the pastor of the church in Ephesus, a super-Roman, anti-Christian, pagan, persecute central for Christians. Sounds like a great mission, huh? And at this time in history, the emperor was Nero of Rome, and Nero was a little nuts, okay? He set the Rome on fire, just so he could get a, more statues of himself, basically. Nero set Rome on fire, and he blamed the Christians for it. So Rome, as a nation, is more determined than ever to persecute Christians, to capture and kill them. As a result, people from Timothy's church gave up. They defected from anything associated with Christianity so that they may, may live and not die under Rome's hands. So Timothy, feeling abandoned, discouraged, and fearful, Paul encourages him by telling him this, "'You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also.'" You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he, may he, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. So the very first thing Paul says to Timothy is, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Not be strong in yourself, Timothy. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Right after, right after that, Paul tells him to stay faithful, Timothy. Stay connected to the Lord in this. Don't allow yourself to be entangled by all these worries. He says, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life, that you may please him as a soldier. I like the way the Passion Translation puts this. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. The soldier is on active duty. He is not easily distracted. He knows his orders and he follows them. These soldiers were only concerned about what the commanding officer had to say. 24 hours a day, open communication. Now, for a soldier to be in open communication 24 hours a day, they have to have some kind of device. I mean, like, you don't want the commanding officer just following you around over the place and just, like, whispering in your ear, like, hey, do this next. Like, the soldier has a radio for that. <laughs> the commanding officer has intel on the enemy and situation that the soldier doesn't even know. So he speaks to the radio, and he might say something like, okay, go to these coordinates, settle at this location, and be vigilant. The enemy was last seen in, in that area. So he does as he's commanded to do. The officer may then speak, all right, soldier, appoint four, four soldiers in each direction so we can catch the enemy for good. The soldier follows his orders, and they engage, and they win the battle. The soldier is feeling really good. We did it, sir. We won the battle. We won the battle over the enemy. We occupy their territory now. We can now set a post here immediately. He knows that he has pleased his officer, the one who enlisted him to active duty. So that was the, the officer, the soldier listening attentively. What if the opposite happened? What if he wasn't listening? What if that looked like? Instead, instead of getting distracted, <clears throat> so maybe this soldier that's not listening is out in the field and the officer orders, go to these coordinates to surprise the enemy. Instead, the soldier over the radio says, Sir, you are never going to believe this. They have a Taco Bell here. Man, I, I, I wonder if they still got the $5 crunch box. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. 
Or maybe he was like, oh, whoa, hey, sir, there's an amusement park right over there. You wouldn't have thought that was here in this place, but um, can I do that assignment later? He may be a little late in getting to that location. The soldier goes in the opposite direction his commanding officer told him to. And because he wasn't listening and ready to obey, he got distracted. And because he was distracted, he was late to those coordinates. And because he was late, they didn't surprise the enemy. The enemy surprised them. Instead of occupying enemy territory, the enemy maintained its influence and dominion in that place. The point is, if we are active soldiers in the kingdom of God, then we are, excuse me, if we aren't active kingdom soldiers in the kingdom of God, we are inactive. When we are inactive, we are letting the enemy win. We are letting the enemy maintain his influence in places. But know this, Jesus said, anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So staying faithful means staying connected to Jesus and what he's doing. Because if we're not doing what he's doing, then as the scripture says, we're actually working against him. When we are listening to what he's saying and when we act on that, our response to his command tells him if we're faithful or not. Who is he going to send out into the battlefield? Someone who is notorious for not listening or even someone that listens 50% of the time? If that's the case, that means there is a 0% chance that he actually does what the soldier tells him to or the officer tells him to, or a 50% chance, and that's just not very reliable. You could be in a busy season, you could have your mind occupied by a zillion things, tasks, worries, day by day, but the good soldier of Christ does not entangle himself with the worries or affairs of this life. He is concerned about what his officer commands him. And please do not think uh, entangling yourself uh, means you should take a vow of singleness or a a vow of uh, poverty, because that's a thing. You can enjoy the things in this life, but the point is, do not be so absorbed in the world that you get to a point of merely living or existing. Amen? You were created to be faithful in God and truly live. So what does that look like for you? Maybe you feel like God hasn't been spoken to you in a while, and you are feeling separated from him. What did he last speak to you? Were you faithful to what he spoke? And if you're in a season of busyness, ask yourself, ask, ask the Lord, how can I stay faithful in this season? There's so many things happening. How can I stay faithful? By staying faithful, remember, I'm saying we're staying connected to Jesus. You hear what he hears. You feel what he feels. You feel his nudges. You're studying his word, looking for him to speak to you in that. You're getting more familiar with his ways. And what at work has your attention so much that you can't even hear the commanding officer's voice? What at home is he constructing over your family that maybe your family's in a weird place right now, and he's trying to guide you, he's trying to direct you, but we're not listening. In order to advance the kingdom of God, we must be like good soldiers on active duty. A singleness of purpose in what God has spoken or commissioned us to do. But if we're not careful, we can do what God has commissioned us to do so badly that we do it through the wrong means. And that's why Paul instructs Timothy next, as an athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy so remain faithful to God. Like a good soldier who is on a mission, the athlete is on a mission to win. But he must play by the rules. You cannot win if you go against the rules. You know what that does? It disqualifies you from the competition. You're out. 
When you don't play by the rules just so you can get what you want, you know what that is called? Anyone know it? Cheating. Cheating. That person is a cheater. <laughs> In order to be a kingdom advances, we must play by the rules. No one who went against the rules has ever earned favor from anybody. No one in the right mind has said, you know what? I respect that guy. You know, he broke the rules just to get what he wanted. He, he, he won that trophy. No, no one's ever said that. In baseball, you have people like Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire, Pete Rose, all people who are loved for their talent, but hated because they broke the rules to their own advantage. How about, uh, for a time, the cyclist Lance Armstrong? Anybody remember him? where he had testicular cancer, and he survived it, and he won seven Tour de France titles, a very revered uh, trophy or competition in cycling. He became a hero, a go-to for fitness. He had his own uh, fundraising website for cancer and fitness. He was a public inspiration for fighting cancer. But later on, there was an investigation, and what, it was found out that he had been doping or using performance-enhancing drugs to win those titles. Can I tell you something? Nobody has talked about Lance Armstrong since then. <clears throat> they stripped him of his seven championship titles. He was disqualified and banned from ever competing in Olympic sports again. Instead of a hero, he was known as a cheater. And as a Christian, it could be compared to being commanded to be the head of the home and providing for your family. And you want to do that for God so badly that you go out and rob a bank hold people at gunpoint just to get what you need to provide for your family. <clears throat> Can't guarantee you you're going to get a thank you for that. <laughs> Why? Why is that wrong? Because it's stealing and potentially murder. It's breaking not only our country's laws, it's breaking God's laws. That is what Paul is saying to Timothy in our passage. There was so much persecution, so much pressure on the church in Ephesus that they were running for dear life. Many of them were turning from the faith. These people chose to, to not identify as Christ fathers anymore because Rome was out to capture and kill them. What was Timothy to do? He was in a discouraged state and seemingly ready to give up. Paul told them to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit them to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul said, Stay strong, Timothy. Stay faithful to God. These men may have left you. They may have left the church, but don't worry about that. Commit to what I've taught you to people that will be faithful. We're not worried about those guys anymore. We're, we're concerned about teaching these things, spreading the gospel, teaching these men that, who will be faithful to it, who people who do not cut corners or get threatened in life and the odds don't look favorable. These people will remain faithful through the, those things. Whatever resistance they are facing, or whatever the resistance or the emotions that they're facing, they should not allow it to convince them otherwise to be unfaithful to God. Don't give up, Timothy. Don't break the rules. Don't disqualify yourself. There may be times when we really want to take the easy way out, or be, or it may be, you may take that route because it's too hard, or it might take too long to accomplish that task. But Paul, Timothy, told him to endure it. All of us have fallen victim to being discouraged or defeated in life. If it is something God has said and you're tempted to be unfaithful in it, I want to encourage you to find a scripture and put it somewhere you can see it. Speak it out loud over yourself. 
whether it's for your family or your job or your ambitions, don't do it your way. Remind yourself of God's way. Remind yourself of his promises for you. And you cannot go the other way. You can't help but just want to follow God in that because you're reassuring yourself of what he has said, what he has spoken for you. Staying faithful may seem unfruitful, but it is eternally fruitful. In due season, you will reap a harvest. Never forget that. And speaking of harvest, Paul makes an interesting statement to Timothy. In verse 6, after stating he must be a good soldier in Christ to be like an athlete who plays by the rules, he then goes on to say, the hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. It is not unheard of that if you work, you deserve compensation. When we work at our jobs, we do so in confidence that we'll be getting paid for it. The reward or pay is the motivation for our work. <clears throat> so Paul likens this to being a farmer. So let's say there's a farmer, and this farmer goes out every day to work the fields. He's getting up really early. He's gearing up. He's getting his equipment ready. He's out in the field all day in the scorching sun. He's working the soil. He's planting the seeds. And eventually, intending his seeds and staying faithful to the service, he would reap that crop first. That he rejoices that this labor produced a good crop, a good fruit. So now let's say the farmer didn't do anything. He never gets up. He never goes to the fields. The soil itself would not be ideal conditions already. The weeds would be growing like crazy. The rocks would remain and even probably be continuing to hinder the progress that, would, that something would grow there. The sun itself would dry up the soil so bad it'd be like walking on concrete. If the farmer were to not work, that crop has 0% chance for a hope to become a reality. Farming is no quick project. Depending on what you are uh, sowing into the soil, it can take a couple months, it can take longer for that thing to grow into maturity. That's months of continual, faithful service to reap what has been sown. A kingdom laborer will plant seeds. They plant kingdom seeds into the fields that the Lord sends them to. And when they are faithful and work in these fields, the kingdom of God becomes a reality where they have been faithful. But if God's people don't sow or work the fields, how can the kingdom become a reality for others? If the fields are not tended, will they not become hard ground, covered in weed and rocks? Paul is telling Timothy, don't you give up in your faithful diligence in working the field in your church. Don't forget why you are doing what you are doing. It's coming, and you will be the first to experience it. You'll be the first to partake of the crop of the kingdom that you diligently labored for. Jesus taught that the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers were few. And if there's few laborers with a vast harvest, that means the harvest will dry up and die. We need more faithful kingdom laborers. Amen? Will we have enough people willing to go out into the fields and remain faithful in their assignment from God? What has God called you to do? In this season of your life, is it to grow in compassion to others who are difficult? Is it to witness to someone that doesn't know Jesus? And to keep talking with said person so that God may till the soil of their heart and receive him well. There are many weeds in people's hearts, and it's our job to labor 
and let God speak through us to them to clear out any of the hindrances. And maybe you're someone who hasn't tended to the field in a while, and you think to yourself, you know what? At this point in my life, that field's way too far gone. That's not true. Because God can redeem the time. God can do anything. He came to save that which was lost. And that field is still needing tending. It still needs work. God is working in the details, but he calls us to be faithful. And that is our commission as light bearers of Christ. The scripture said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. The good deeds happen as a result of our faithfulness to him. That is how these heroes of the faith became notorious for being kingdom advancers. They were people that were of a single purpose and staying in tune with what God was doing. They were people that played by the rules and not simply their own rules to their own advantage. They were people that never gave up until they saw God's kingdom become a reality in their life. So what about us? What is our field? Do we see the potential of the field God has called us to? Or do we look out into the field and say, wow, looks nice. Or hey, do you say, God sent me over there. I know it needs work. Maybe it doesn't look like it, but I feel God telling me to go over there. What would it look like to be sent out into the fields and experience those crops for yourself? What an impact that would be. The harvest is out there, but are we resolute to stay faithful to what God has spoken and what he is speaking to us? God's desire is that we be sent out. He didn't make you to stay still and watch Netflix, whatever. He made you to be an active kingdom soldier in this world. The fields are dying and becoming barren. And he needs people who are going to be faithful to him. And that's our prayer for Carlisle. That's our prayer for Linglestown. That we would not look at the fields and just say, wow, what a field that is. Good luck. Instead, we see the field and we want to be a part of God's mission for it. We all have a part to play in God's mission. It might look different, but he has a mission for you. God is calling us to reach those around us, but sometimes we're more likely to reach for the remote than we are for what God has put in front of us within our reach. What is he speaking to us? And are we going to be faithful to him? Just like his mother Mary, whatever he says, just do it. <laughs> Amen. So at our East Shore campus, we are launching October 15th. It's a fact. And the launch, like I said, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. And we're looking for rockets. We're looking for thrusters to really launch this campus going, to get it into orbit. This is outreach. This is our call. As a church, as, as a family, we look out for one another, right? We listen for God's voice and we encourage one another and we don't let others stay on the ground. We pick them back up because God says, it's not over yet. You, we still have a mission. You still have that calling. You still have that finish line to get to. 
that is going out into the field and being a faithful laborer. That's outreach. If you feel God's tug drawing you to this, to be a part of this launch team, to offer your skills and abilities, your servitude into God's work, I would love to talk with you. And Pastor Kip also would love to talk to you. I'm going to be over there at the connection station after service for anybody who is willing to be a part of the, the, this launch team. Because God, because God is doing work. He's making the harvest come to life. But he needs people out in the fields to get that harvest. Amen? So I'm going to pray. And as always, we'll have our prayer team uh, ready uh, to pray with you. Whatever your needs are, whatever. If you feel like God's been distant, like people want to pray with you and get you closer to him. Amen? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are faithful, Lord, that you are so true to your name, to your character, and your worth, God. You always prove yourself faithful. And Lord, the words that you speak to us, God, they bring life, they bring hope, they bring light, God. May it be our heart's desire to embrace that word, hold it closely, and give it out to others. God, may we never take for granted the worth that is in your name, the power that it's able to do uh, to us and for the world, Lord. You were the living word and you died for mankind because the word meant that much more to people, that they needed to hear it, they needed to embrace it. So God, I pray a special blessing over this congregation, that those who have heard this message, that they would embrace that word, God, that they would seal it in their hearts and they would be forever changed. Bless them, Lord, as they take each step in your direction for what you have spoken to them and let them not be afraid of what may happen. Let them be more uh, fearful of what could happen if they didn't do it anything. Let the imagination run wild for what the kingdom of God will look like and not what the kingdom of darkness will look like. So God, we praise you and honor you for your mighty name, for that power that is able to save everything. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed. Again, I will be back over there if uh, you are interested in joining the launch team. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.